These days, a lot of people are learning about the benefits of fasting, like weight loss, mental and physical performance, gut health, but they worry about the whole not eating part. Well, that's exactly why Prolon was created. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe they're fasting, giving you all the benefits. This has been researched and developed for decades at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute and backed by leading U.S. medical centers. Prolon helps promote healthy blood sugar, support cardiovascular health, and reduce abdominal fat. But Prolon isn't a diet, it's science. Science based on Nobel Prize winning discoveries in medicine. And it all starts with Prolon's five-day program. Snacks, soups, beverages all designed to keep your body in a fasting state. If I was going to start a nutrition program, Prolon is exactly what I'd use. Convenience backed by Nobel-winning science that works. Right now, Prolon is offering Beyond the To-Do List listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash beyond. That's P-R-O-L-O-N-L-I-F-E dot com slash beyond for this special offer. That's prolonlife.com slash beyond. Well, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. This is a little bit different than usual. I am joined here by my friend, Jeff C., and I thought it would be really cool to do another roundup of the best productivity books out there. And granted, and disclaimer, there are many productivity books. As I was curating the list, I realized, oh, there's too many to list in a single episode. So what I did was, is I created a macro list, which you can find at beyondthetodolist.com slash books. And then we're going to pick and go through some of the ones that I think are the most appropriate for this time of year and this year that we're heading into of 2023. Jeff, welcome. Thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me on. I think I mean, this is my second time on Beyond the To-Do List. So I'm, I'm excited. It's, so here's the thing. I think you were on one time when we were talking about the 12-week year, which I do want to mention in a little while. We talked about the zone of genius at one point, I'm sure. Um, the Big Leap, that's what that book is. And sleep. We did one on sleep. I think we did one on sleep and rest and things like that. So you, yeah. you've actually been on more times than you think. In fact, more recently, I've included shows from your feed. I didn't include the one about productivity specifically that I was a guest on your show for, but we did do the podcasting productivity episode. And yes, you let me put that in my feed, which I thought was pretty cool. And I did get some some cool comments back on that. So but what I wanted to do, I mean, you're an avid reader and I have a lot of books to read that are sent to me for the show. And I thought, let's start to go through those. And and honestly, the first one I wanted to kick off with, and I kind of put this in three different phases. So let me disclaimer that as well real quick here. So there's one kind of section that's daily rituals. And I lumped in creativity in there because I think creativity is something you should have as a daily ritual. The next section is productivity in everyday life. I just got a yet another podcast review where it was four stars instead of five. And I don't fault them. They just said, Something along the lines of, I really want more productivity tips and guidance for the everyday person, not just like at work. And I thought, well, yeah, that's something I'm trying to work on. In fact, our friend Lauren Gaggioli in a few months is going to come oh, and talk yeah. about that specifically. So don't fear that will come into play. And then there's another category in here that we'll close out with called calm, focus and dealing with distraction. So that's the heads up there. Those are the three sections of books, the three groupings of books. 
But uh, let's start here. So I've got a giant stack of books here on my desk to start pulling. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. So the first one is by our friend Todd Henry. It's his latest book, and it's called The Daily Creative. Find your inspiration to spark creativity, energy, and fight burnout. And if you don't know who Todd is, he's a long-running podcaster. He wrote books like The Accidental Creative, Die Empty, Louder Than Words, Herding, not Hurting, Herding Tigers, and The Motivation Code, which I really, really liked. This one is a daily reader for professionals. And you can consider yourself a professional if you're doing anything creative or otherwise. And this book's designed basically to help you gain focus for your day, advance you towards your goals. If you're not familiar with the daily reader format, it basically takes five minutes or less to do the daily reading, almost like a devotional. Each day focuses in on a specific theme, whether it's focus, relationships, energy, stimuli, or hours. And if you notice, those five topics are actually the things that he covers in his previous books. And I called him out on that when I talked to him about it on the show. And he said, well, you broke the code. But what it does is it's basically diving into in bite-sized chunks, different little lessons, not just from his previous books, but refreshed, revamped, repurposed, reimagined in a new way. And it's got quotes from great thinkers and creatives throughout history. It's actionable. There's a daily action after each reading to work on there. So it's a little bit of a creativity tool, tip, trick, boost. And again, a lot of people, they don't call themselves creatives, but You'd be surprised at how many, you know, if you're using creative tools throughout the day, you're solving problems, you're designing, you're writing, you're, you're inventing, you're, you're using words, or even if you're not using words, we all have different mediums we work in. You're being creative. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a great thing, especially at the beginning of the year now. And the thing is, is you can get this any time of year. Each day has a reading, but you can jump in at any time throughout the year and just pick it up and start reading and set a new creative leveling up plan for yourself with this book. So I really love it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Todd Henry because you can almost yes. go back to your podcast and do a, a bunch of uh, like a playlist, which I have done before when I'm driving. <laughs> but I love Todd Henry's. I really liked uh, Hurting Tigers is another one that I know you're going to talk about. But, you know, you held up the physical book. I have everything on Kindle. So uh, if you are, you know, listening and you're like me and your wife will not let you have any more books, you can get all these on Kindle and not take up so much space. But yeah, so Todd, why don't you tell people who maybe not familiar with Todd before, kind of his background and like why you had him as an expert on your show, because a lot of the books that are in that we're talking about are from Todd. And I mean, he worked in a creative professional, but you know, you mentioned that person at the beginning who gave you four stars. The thing is, I think when any, like you say, an accountant's creative, not my kind of creative, because I am the least math wizardly that you can think of, but he makes a point in his books that everybody can be creative. And I, so I don't want people to think you have to be like an artist or something like that to read and take things out away from this book. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he cut his teeth on his show is still called The Accidental Creative. And it's mm-hmm. being creative on a, at a moment's notice, which many of us can't really do or don't think we can do, I should say. It's about improv right. in, in a certain sense. The show's still called that. That was his first book. And ultimately, it just comes down to he believes everybody's creative. He's a speaker and an author and yeah. a creator and just he's been in the space like he's been around podcasting longer than I have. And I've been doing this for over 10 years now. 
and he had his show was already out there as one of the ones where I just kind of, you know, I admired and I was looking at that. So as he had a, you know, that's when I try to jump on and have new people come on is when they have a new book. So he had Mm -hmm. his die empty book come out there, which was all about what's the saddest place in the world. And it's, it's the graveyard or something like that. And it's because all those dead ideas. Oh yeah. Yeah. They waited too long. Yes. Yeah. They, they took their idea with them to the grave is what it was. Yeah. They, they didn't act. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I'm a big fan of and I still use, I kind of modified it a little bit, but his planner, he's got a planner that he had that I downloaded to my iPad. And the reason I like him is he talks and explains things kind of the way I think. And I just mm-hmm. really like the way he lays stuff out. So is that the one you would recommend for people to like the, to start it's with? It's where I would start. Yeah. I, okay. I would say don't worry about, and I think I even said this when I talked to him and he agreed. He said, no, this is a perfect place. Now I of course, it was the, the latest and greatest book. So it's like, if he's like, of course, grab the latest one. But he's not wrong because all of his other books are pulled from into this one in their you know most potent form, I guess I would say. And then if you find that like one of the daily readings really hits you and you're like, I want to dive deeper into this, reach out to me, let me know, and I'll tell you which book that can come from. But like, You'll be able to then dive in deeper on that specific topic with whichever book is most appropriate of his. And by the way, the macro list has all of them in it. So there you go. The next book that I've got on the list here is actually a similar format. It is The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. It's another daily reading book. This one is by John Jantz of Duct Tape Marketing. And as you can see, it is called The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, and it is 366 daily meditations to feed your soul and grow your business. So this one's a little less creative oriented. This one came out before Todd's. I don't think there's any real overlap there. John Jance, if people don't know, he's a marketing consultant, a speaker. He's a best-selling author of Duct Tape Marketing, Duct Tape Selling, the commitment engine, the referral engine. He's a great guy. Met him a couple different times. He's been on the show a few different times. But um, it's another one of those daily readers. I would almost say these are a great pair, especially if, if you're a business owner or if you're an entrepreneur, like I would say grab both. If you're just a creative, grab Todd's, but they're both great. But you can read them quick and easy. And the format of this one's similar. Basically, he they're entrepreneur meditations followed by a reflection that he's written and a challenging question from John. And he's basically drawing on his lifetime of experience as a successful coach for small business and startup leaders. And he's showing you essentially how you can trust your ideas, overcome your doubt and your fear of everyday challenges. And it covers a a range of topics like self-awareness and trust and creativity and resilience and failure and growth and freedom. And and I love it. And so he's been on the show twice to talk about the book and we've covered a different smattering of different readings and dove in a little deeper on those entries. But I really enjoy it. I, I haven't had it in my daily rotation recently and I pulled it back out as I was preparing and put it back in my chunk to go with Todd's book, Daily Creatives. So that'll now be part of it as a one-two punch, as kind of a start your work day and your morning with a thought in your head that'll drive you and inspire you throughout the rest of the day. Very cool. Yeah. He's a, and he's got a podcast too, I believe it's the duct tape marketing podcast, isn't it? I mean, he's been in the space so long. He, I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't, he's been part yeah. of many, many different shows. So yeah. And done the rounds. You can, you can find lots of different shows and episodes with him. So sticking with that theme of morning rituals, 
Here's another one that I think fits right on in with that, and it's called The Power of Writing It Down. The Power of Writing It Mm -hmm. Down. This is by Allison Fallon. The subtitle is A Simple Habit to Unlock Your Brain and uh, Reimagine Your Life. So if you don't know Allison Fallon, she's great. She's an award-winning author and public speaker and writing coach. She's coached hundreds of thousands of writers from New York Times bestselling authors to total beginners to help them finally get their books written and on shelves. And what this book does, I loved talking with her about this because the power of writing it down isn't just about what you would think it is, which is, you know, learning to write your book or journaling, which are two of the natural kind of thoughts that you'd have if you you heard that title. What it is, is it walks you through the process, anyone, whether, you know, even if you're not a real writer, air quotes, real writer, through a, a simple daily practice that you can use to reduce anxiety, curb depression, and improve your confidence, and especially, and this is the key piece, gain clarity in your life. Now, Jeff, I know that you're somebody who journals every day. I'm sure that you can attest to the power that that has for you. You're reading and writing every morning. Yeah, so um, I've been doing it, gosh, now, I think my streak is over a thousand days in a row, which wow. is pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, so I use, it. The, the thing for me is, and we'll talk about it later. I think it's in uh, Atomic Habits, but chaining things together. And one of the things is, is I have to unlock my office because I'm, you know, the home system, whatever. I have a button and then it's right underneath my journal, a journaling button. So I use day one to journal with, which is a electronic app that you can use across devices. And for me, it's just easy to do because I have my iPad and I can type it out. So I hit that to open my day one journal. And then I have to do that before I hit my office. And many times I'll start... Like uh, what's helped is I'll go out to my office like, oh, I forgot to turn off the alarm. Oh, I forgot to journal. So then I'll go back and journal before I can unlock my alarm. So I've reinforced that habit. But now it's just built in. I'm like, even when I travel, I have my day one and everything. It's part of waking up. So, uh, yeah, the and the power of writing stuff down. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, too. But having a way to categorize information, not just journal, but also writing things down and not losing it. I used to have post-it notes all over my office and they were just everywhere. Well, now I have a system and we'll talk about it that uh, really helps with that. But yeah, this is a great book. Yeah. And, and again, the, the clarity there of, I mean, and again, like me, I'm a person who I'm a better audible out loud processor. One of the ways that I engage in some of what she talks about in this book is I will take my phone and do AirPods and either take mm-hmm. the dog for a walk or just walk the neighborhood and I'll just keep hitting record and it'll journal that and it'll be me talking out and talking through and I'll get to places in the text and through my voice that I wasn't aware of in terms of opinions. It's like I'm talking to a friend, you know, it's like I just have, I've got mm-hmm. to voice this. But once I've done it, it's like I've got that cataloged and documented. It's it's about documenting in a way and it's about right. it's about digging and bringing things up from the depths, up from the subconscious into the conscious and that's often where a lot of the struggle comes from for me throughout the day is not becoming fully aware of and then dealing with what you have on your mind when you're trying to do other things and focus. Right. So, yeah, there you go. But also in doing that, you may start to ideate and come up with ideas and then you've got to park those somewhere. And at least if right. you have a, a first place to pull that. So that actually brings me to the next book, which I know is something that that you love. So it is Building a Second yes. Brain. This is one of the most monumental books that's out there. It's called Building a Second Brain, A Proven Method to Organize Your Digital Life and Unlock Your Creative Potential. Actually, there's even a pre-tagline. 
on the book at the top here that says remember everything and achieve anything. And I, I think that's one of the things is in a sea of information and lack of clarity and just drowning in constant content. Mm hmm. This is one of those books that just breaks new ground finally in productivity in a lot of ways. Now, not that there's not constantly new ground being broken, but this one just this is a milestone marker on the the productivity trail, I guess. And it's for people who, like me, like you in the book, it lays out this methodology of creatively and effectively capturing life experiences, journal entries like we were just talking about, just all the things that are in our brain you know, it moves us from just consuming to documenting, to capturing, to then working with and letting ideas simmer and creating. And it's a great way to offload the clutter from our brain and to then use it effectively to create and and organize our thoughts and do something with those ideas. Not just one, become aware of those ideas, but two, actually put them in a trusted system. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I dug deep in this I had trouble. Like I said, I was having all these post-it notes everywhere and I knew I had a system and I tried different, like I still use Evernote and it's great for some things, but I really needed a system. And so I started researching this. And of course he came up, Tiago did. And, and I mean, he'd been doing stuff. There's entire YouTube videos. People use uh, his system using Notion, which is a software. My daughter actually uses it. She's going nuts over uh, Notion right now. But I use a thing called Roam Research. And what it does is a way I collect information instead of post-it notes. And I can do it across all my devices and you are building a second brain. So nothing is ever lost. If I find a good quote, if I find a good book to read or a something, a podcast to listen, I can put it in there and tag it and everything's cross referenced to everything else. And it just builds this huge database of your second brain. And so it one allows you to relax and know that you have it out there. It's not like, where did I put that? It's all there. It's easy to find. And once you train yourself to use it, then it just really gives you, I mean, I have, I built talks in there and I use a system called Rome Research, which is web-based and I really like the way it works. Um, you can use Notion, like I said, but it's just so nice to be able to have a system to catalog everything that's up on the cloud and I can access from anywhere. So I have it on my phone. Like when I'm out in walks, I can type in stuff really quick. You can add audio, photos, whatever, but uh, it just works really well for me as Rome Research. And yeah, doing that has just changed everything. Yeah. And absolutely. I need to have another conversation with Tiago at some point this year to just dive deeper into this and just almost walk people through the steps a little bit more and not just the, yeah. not just the, I mean, in the conversation I had with him already, we talked about the necessity of this and the power of this and some of the simple beginning stages of it, but like you, you got to get much further down the road into it and practicing it to really like incorporate it. Yeah, I have good questions that I'll, I'll put in there, like, or, you know, stuff to try out and things that I forget connect, but they do. And I can use them like in talks, like I have a joke page where I like think of a funny joke and I'm like, oh, I can use that. So I can have a place to go back. And Todd Henry talked about this too. It's like having a place where you don't always have to start from scratch. Like I always call it like when I ha need to be creative on a rainy day, like this helps me do it because, oh, I can go back and, oh, that's there. I, that, I remember that. Oh, and it goes with this. And so. Having those cross-reference system is just huge, but this book really does do a great job of helping, you know, walk you through it. There's also really a, a ton of good YouTube videos that I've used before when I, because you want to set up your system right. Yes. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just doing that has changed the way I work and probably more important than just, you know, a system to work 
it allows me to relax. Like I mentioned, like being able to do that mind dump and then focus, because we are talking about focus right now. That is huge. That is being able to empty your mind and not like, where did I put that thing that I needed to, you know, it's yeah. just so much easier. Yeah. The, the fallacy of an absent-minded professor is now laid mm-hmm. bare. It is not a thing anymore. It does not have to be, it, or I should say, it's at least less effective than it ever used to be. There's way better ways to be organized and creative moving forward. Uh, speaking of creative, next book here is um, The Laws of Creativity. This is another recent one. This is by Joey Caffone. He is from Baron Fig. It's called The Laws of Creativity, Unlock Your Originality and Awaken Your Creative Genius. If you're unaware with of Baron Fig, you should definitely check them out. They are a creative think tank basically that creates products for creative people they have these amazing pens they've got these amazing binders journals notebooks it's all analog there's some cross connectivity with digital but he just decided you know i've got to write this book he's been doing creative work for so long as a creator designer entrepreneur and what i really like about this book is he he basically demystifies that creative process like we talked about earlier where you you're talking about whether you're creative or not and he uncovers the thinking and science behind creativity and gives practical steps to level up your game as a creative. He's got tons of different quotes in here and stories in here from people all over the place like Albert Einstein, Serena Williams, Harry Houdini, Bruce Lee, Martin Luther King Jr. And basically states that creative thinking is this unique ability as a human, especially as we're talking about AI. Uh, right. these days a lot to combine unrelated and abstract ideas. And the book is broken down into three sections, foundation, process, and excellence. And there's 39 laws. I pulled number 18 because it's called don't discount the obvious. And essentially it talks about how answers lie in the open and you will find creative ideas out in the open if you don't discount them out of hand as soon as you see them and you can find new creative ideas just from taking a walk and actually observing things or pick up a magazine and start flipping through it. Then in other words, there are creative ideas that are there out in the open. The answers lie out in the open. Don't discount the obvious. Have you had any experience with that, Jeff? I think you have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Doing walks and then, you know, having that time, like, you know, I've talked before, like one of my favorite things is when we have conference or something, is to drive like I like to drive it if it makes sense if I can try even in two days because it lets me process it feels to me it's almost like when you're in the shower you know all your good ideas come in the shower because you're isolated yes you can sing and you I actually used to put well waterproof markers and I would write in the shower because I just swear things happen in the shower it's kind of like that so having that downtime or focus because we're kind of ending on focus is, is hard to come by in today's world but finding those spots where you can do it and not just you know discounting that walks are good for you and they can help you focus in your out in nature with for your mental health and all that stuff so yeah I, I think number 18 is a solid piece of advice that's just one of them and and i barely scratched the surface of it to be honest of that law and we've got so many other books to talk about here but like mm-hmm. there's 39 different laws that he pulls together and i was like why 39 he's like because there is so <laughs> it doesn't really matter that's good the next book up is actually one that i know you love yes it's uh creativity inc yeah so and you guys have heard of this and if you're a fan of marvel like i, I have it on kindle but a fan of Marvel or Pixar or Disney. Ed Catmull is the one who helped found Pixar. 
uh, he talks about having a business with creatives in this book. And it's, I think it's one of the best business books out there just because one, it tells a lot of stories. You get a lot of inside baseball stuff about how Pixar was formed and how their thought process and how they, you know, everyone talks about how, you know, the struggle of dealing with creatives because they're temperamental and all this stuff. And he has some workarounds for that and how he allowed the, you know, built leadership up and the struggles ahead. It's just, I just love that book. So anybody asks me what's my favorite, you know, book on business, I always mention Creativity Inc. because I just think it's so good. And there's so many good things you can pull out of there for wherever you are in your business or creativity wise, all that stuff is just really good. I do want to do a callback. And because this book probably has some of the uh, most of them in there is when we talked about building your second brain. One of the things, you know, I mentioned Rome's research is what I do is because I read all my books on Kindle is that I use a service called Readwise which allows me to, whatever I highlight, it actually sends me an email later on, you know, combining them up to help me bring them back to the top of my head. But the more important thing is it actually adds them to Rome Research, which is where I collect all my second brain stuff. It tags it and organizes it. And I never lose any of those. I don't have to go back to the book and find them. They're all categorized in that book. And so Creativity Inc. is one of the ones that I, I have the most highlighted things on, like whole sections that I highlight there. Yeah, it's just a really, really good book. And plus, I think, Pixar is one of the most creative companies out there, the way they tell stories and the way they work. So yeah, big, big fan of Creativity Inc. Yeah. And I love that hack, by the way, that you've got it connected to where as you're highlighting things in your Kindle books, it's basically taking the index card and your pen and writing it for you and sticking it in the slot, saving those thoughts and ideas and collections. And it's so cool because I get emails every week where like it brings stuff up. Like I forgot about that quote. That makes, I could use that in my next email that I'm sending out or whatever. Yep. So it's a, it's a really great hack. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. That closes out the daily rituals and creativity section. We're going to move into the productivity in everyday life. So this has to do with not just your work life, although it does cross over because work is part of our life. And we're going to start off with a book that honestly, I can't believe I didn't know that she and her whole brand existed till just recently. It is Kendra Adachi and the lazy genius way. Embrace what matters, ditch what doesn't, and get stuff done. Now, she recently came on not to talk about that book, but to talk about the follow-up book to that. It's called The Lazy Genius Kitchen. Have what you need, use what you have, and enjoy it like never before. So it's like one part cookbook. Actually, there is a downloadable PDF when you buy this of all the different recipes and cookbooks and master lists of ingredients and ingredient combos and cooking techniques and all that kind of stuff. But before I get into mentioning that background on her, so she does the Lazy Genius podcast, which is a great show. I am subscribed. I listen to it. It gives me ideas for my show on how to start to cover things from more of a an everyday person and not just a day in, day out worker bee kind of scenario when it comes to productivity. But her whole gist is basically giving yourself permission to be lazy about the things that are not priorities while learning to manage and prioritize the things that matter most. So in other words, be a genius about the things that you want to do and need to do and be lazy about the rest of it. And that sounds so amazing. And it's an ethos that I thought I had in my life, but she just articulated it so much better. And I love it. And so this this applies to morning routines, napping without guilt. And she's got basically 13 Lazy Genius principles in the Lazy Genius book. When she came on, they sent me a copy of the Lazy Genius Kitchen. I immediately went out and bought the Lazy Genius Way, the previous book, because it was all about the ethos. 
But it's all about like starting small, going in the right order, scheduling rest, deciding once where you decide once and you are deciding in advance for a lot of different things. Like you're basically eliminating decision fatigue because you've made the decision already. I've already prioritized that. And I'm right. and then other things I'm like, no, I'm lazy on that. I don't care. Some of these things can be seasonal. This is why I love her show, by the way, because she gets into like a lot of the stuff she was talking about over the holidays was how to lazy genius the holidays. And I'm just like, I love this stuff. It's like, how do you hack it? Right. Yeah. I have not read it yet, but it sounds like it's prioritizing. Like a lot of it is how to prioritize. It's prioritizing, but not in a rigid structural way. It's the difference between Jeff you have a priority on this in your life or this aspect of your life. Whereas for me, I'm just like, I don't care. And so with the Christmas stuff or with the holiday stuff, that's exactly where it comes in because there's almost like these people hold this thing to be a priority when it comes to this ritual or this routine, when it comes to that holiday, it's way more of a a holistic approach than a rigid, like when you said the word prioritizing it, that's exactly right. But what it comes down to is it's soulful, I guess is the best way to put it. So then with the kitchen book, she's talking about feeding people with efficiency and, you know, having a process. And so the process is prioritize, essentialize, organize, personalize, and systematize all the different areas. And I, and I know somebody's hearing that and they're like, oh, my eyes roll back in the back of my head thinking about that. But <laughs> it really is about not just having like magic recipes and fancy gadgets or, you know, daunting to-do lists. Move beyond those to-do lists and just have a framework that works. And Jeff, I mean, your insight here is greatly appreciated because you're a master chef when it comes to your household. Well, I do. I do do all the cooking, but I, if you look at me, you could see why. The thing that when you were talking about this and the way her thought process works, it reminds me of my favorite chef, which is Alton Brown. And he does not have anything in his kitchen that is omnifunctional. Like if he doesn't have one of those gadgets you see on TV that only, you know, boils eggs, that's all it does. And he says, that is ridiculous. So he uses things like out of his, I'm being silly here, but like out of his toolbox to, to use, like to make food with. And I love that. And you know me, I'm a big yes. repurposer. If I can do anything repurposing, I will try to do it. So, uh, you know, I can, uh, you know, put it out in different places, but I love this process and not having, you know, that certain little gadget that takes up space and the same thing with your mind. Like if you have that one thing that's always like, I've got to do what Eric does. I got to be like Eric because of this and, and just letting it go. I think, you know, that's one of the things is it's, decluttering your mind and also your kitchen. I think that's great. That's the approach. So she felt like there was a definite need to create this additional, like in the kitchen, this is how you apply the lazy genius ethos to it. And uh, it's, it's quite refreshing. I love my dogs. Like I love my children. I care about them. Well, one more than the other, but we won't get into that, but I am committed to giving them both the best. And if you feel that way too, like your dog is a member of the family, then you've got to serve them top quality food that they deserve. Serve them Nom Nom. Nom Nom's made with 100% premium ingredients. That means zero fillers or funky stuff. My dogs love these great tasting meals and their nutritional needs are different than ours. That's why Nom Nom's nutrient packed recipes are developed by board certified veterinary nutritionists, freshly made and shipped free to your door. Right now, you can get a 50% no risk two week trial at trinom.com slash beyond. Say goodbye to boring dog food. Your dog deserves a real 
reason to run to their bowl every single meal, every single day. And all dogs are individuals, so they deserve to be served like it. Nom Nom delivers freshly made dog food personalized to your dog's preferences and unique caloric needs. And again, 100% premium ingredients, no funky stuff. Go right now for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com slash beyond. That's trynom.com slash beyond for 50% off. Trynom.com slash beyond. When it comes to hiring, don't search for great talent. Match with them, thanks to Indeed. With Indeed, you can ditch that busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Indeed leverages over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, making their matching engine your go-to because it's constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use it, the better it gets. I used to be involved giving my input into the hiring process for a few key roles that were connected to mine. And man, do I wish we had Indeed back then because we could have gotten much higher quality hires using Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more more visibility on indeed.com at indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond Next up, and this one's really cool because I always love having them back on the show. It is win at work and succeed at life. Five principles to free yourself from the cult of overwork. This is by co-authors Michael Hyatt and Megan Hyatt Miller, father and daughter team. And I've talked about this a bunch. I mean, this is their second to latest book. The latest one we'll talk about in just a second. But this is all about essentially that work-life balance from a professional level. This is an executive professional level. Now, it does apply for everybody, but their style of doing things is definitely more towards more of a structured and workforce type of environment. And that's not to say that that's bad. A lot of people, that's where they come from and that's what they're in to varying percentages and degrees. But this is all about how to pull back from overwork and put constraints in place, boundaries in place, that will give you power and freedom. I love that they talk about rest 
how rest makes you more effective. Michael's like a daily napper, basically. And I love it. I love it. When he said that on the show years ago, it gave me the freedom to say, no, you know what? I need one and I need to be doing that more. And then also how your personal time can become your secret weapon. You know what you do in your free time to not just not work, but to do certain things that are counterintuitive to working and resting and relaxing that actually help you not just not discharge your battery and stop discharging, but to actually recharge your battery. So longtime Michael and Megan Hyatt fans. But Jeff, have you done anything with this book before? I have not. I mean, I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt. I'm, I don't think I've read this one yet, but um, one of the things, you know, I, his, what you said about napping has changed life. And I've heard him on yeah. your podcast so many times. But one of the things that I really like about Michael Hyatt is that, kind of his planners. And he's talked about this before, too, is that I don't ever remember before planning your days off. Yes. Like making a plan. I mean, most planners, they, they leave the weekends free, like, or they'll combine them together and you just kind of check them off. He, like, he has it. So you schedule your intentionality your and it's not like some ask you got to check off, but it's like, even like I'm going to nap for an hour on Sunday, you know, or something like that it gives you that permission and something to look forward to and having a plan doesn't mean you're anal retentive. Just, you know what I mean? It's just because you have a plan for your days off. I mean, there's days where you can have blocks of time where you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like, whatever. If I want to play a video game, if I want to veg and watch Netflix, but you have that time. And that has made a huge difference in the way I handle weekends, what I look forward to. And it also, when you're done with it, you don't feel like I wasted the weekend. You know, how many times have you done that on Monday going, man, I wish I would have napped more. I wish I would relax more over this weekend. I don't feel any better rested, but I just let myself do nothing. And that nothing contributed to not recharging. And and you can see why I kind of wanted to put this one right after Kendra's, because it's all about prioritizing and giving yourself permission. In a sense, she's saying, feel free to be lazy about the things that you don't want to be, you know, a genius about. And they're saying, feel free to plan. And in in fact, there's power in the intentionality of planning your downtime for the most effective way to do it. And that's not to say that, like, you have to plan out to the minute your entire weekend. It's more like in their very, they're very big on what are your big three things you want to do for the day? And it's like, give yourself permission over the weekend to say one of those big three things is a big old long nap or a big old long sleep in session or going to a movie or right. enjoying a meal without rushing through it and all that great stuff. And having those, and since we talked about creativity earlier and Todd Henry and all those books that we mentioned, the thing is the, you know, having those downtimes and not wasting them helps you become more creative. The same with the second brain. Like even if you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, that I could use that in this way and having a place to put it down. All of this stuff, if you can see Eric's mad genius here, it all ties together. It does. And so that's what I mean. It does make you more creative when you have downtime and you have a way to collect things. And so all this stuff works together. And yeah, all these books, you know, read them all. Because they're all good. And then take notes on them. Make a second brain. So Megan and Michael have another new book out. In fact, I just talked with them and the episode just came out. And it's Mind Your Mindset, The Science That Shows Success Starts With Your Thinking. And I was excited about this because, number one, I knew there was already books out there. You know, we can talk about it a little bit. John Acuff had his Soundtracks book. And he comes at it from one angle that's uniquely John. 
And so then when I saw Michael and Megan were coming at it from a different angle of your thoughts and how those play out and the power of them, I thought, well, this is going to be a great companion piece. And in fact, it is, you know, essentially they're drawing on latest insights from the field of performance psychology and neuroscience and cognitive science and case studies from their own clients. And they explore this power of ideas to shape our outcomes, not only business, but in the rest of life. So it's not just about business, but it definitely comes at it from a a slightly more executive take, but it's, you know, your, your experience, your plans, your goals, your actions, your reactions, all those things come from your mindset and what you're thinking. And we, in this conversation with them, we talk about the narrator in your head, which is one of the most key and like moments, you know, it's the person talking in your head. That's like John Acuff talking about soundtracks. And again, I mm-hmm. I want to separate the two books, but I also want to say if you've read soundtracks, you're going to probably love this book, too. Or if you're just picking this one up, another great one to grab would be John's. I know you're more familiar with John's. What's your take? So I did start reading this a little bit. I have not finished it yet. For me, I like starting with John's first because mm-hmm. this gets in deeper, I think. But John uses a lot of personal stories. He's a funny writer anyway. He's got a comedy kind of bent and, to yeah, him. And this is, and it's a smaller book. I mean, I think I read this in a weekend. True. Um, this, the soundtracks one. Uh, it's, it's much more deeper in the, the Hyatt one. They're both good. I like yes. to start easy. So I would start with soundtracks and then move into Hyatt's or, you know, some people may want to do it the opposite way. Like, Hey, I want to have dessert at the end kind of a thing. So I ate my dessert first. Yep. Well, and speaking of dessert and, you know, teens love their dessert. And the next book I want to show is actually John's and it's called Your New Playlist. And ironically enough, he co-wrote this with his daughters. So this one's great. This one's the brand new one. And in this, basically, when he was talking about soundtracks, everybody kept asking him, do you have a version for teenagers? Basically, it's like if you knew how much changing your mindset could do for you when you were younger, Imagine that, like imagine being 14, 15, 16, 18 in high school and even college years and knowing the power of that mindset change and the power of undoing those soundtracks or interrogating your internal narrator and being able to see that change compound like interest over time into your 40s and 50s like us, you know, that's Mm -hmm. essentially what this book is for. And so. This is one where his daughters basically wrote it primarily and he kind of edited and like tweaked it at different points, but they primarily wrote it and it was pretty impressive. Very, very cool. So let's talk 12 week year. So we're both familiar with that. It's it's kind of an ethos here. The 12 week year is basically getting more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months by Brian P. Moran. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You can't do more in 12 weeks, which is three months than you can in an entire year. A lot of people are like, well, this is just quarterly goals. And I'm like, it's a mindset. It's It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Yeah. And so that's why I thought this makes sense to kind of talk about right after talking about mindset, because it's this framework of we all get overloaded and we don't start on projects because we feel like, oh, that's too big. That's too daunting. It's too overwhelming. But if you can break it down, compress it and say, well, I'm going to do this amount in this chunk of time, 12 weeks, then you've got a more manageable chunk to actually analyze and move forward with. And with varying degrees of success, working through projects and or just things you want to try out or experiments for three months instead of an entire year, like it's like, I'm going to lose this much. I'm going to lose insert insane number here for a whole year. That's one thing. But if I say I'm going to lose 20, in 12 weeks, suddenly it's like, that's a whole other animal. 
So one of the things I was, when you were talking about this, because it sounds like it's ridiculous. We're talking about creativity and mindset and taking care and all this stuff. And you're saying, I'm going to compress a year into 12 weeks. That's just bonkers. So what I would do is almost read together is lazy genius, which we talked about earlier, because one, you also have to give yourself grace because you're going to be real, at least when we have done it and we try to do it every year uh, as we talk through it on our mastermind is like, we have these goals, but a lot of things get, you just have to have grace because you're like, I didn't do this. I said yeah. I was going to try. I didn't even get it like started. And so you have to have, you know, like you talked about the lazy genius, like prioritizing and, you know, what you can keep, what can you let go and not feel guilty about it. You kind of have to do that with the 12 week year. I love it because it helps me really focus on, you know, those quarterly things and how to set them up and like try to get the process and systems in places. And, you know, you are going to screw some things up and let it go. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. have to have grace, but it's a great, great book. It lets you zoom in and that makes it less daunting. And, and again, it's got to be about allowing the breathing room. Right. There's things I talked about with you and I've been like, all right, this is the plan for the 12 weeks. And then it's like, oh, that's not really going to work. And it's just like, okay, well then what's, you know, what's a fallback and you course correct, you adjust. So, but it, what it does is makes you start planning and like thinking like, not putting things off. That's what yes. I think the good goal is, is like not putting things off and thinking through how your linear you know, year's going to go. And it gives you like four chances to do some progress in that same span of 12 months than others right. would. And so it still kind of rings true that you end up getting more done. You get more done in that 12 weeks than somebody else did in 12 months because the other guy planned for 12 months and then didn't get anything done or got very little done. You made inches and miles longer, further, faster, whatever. Right. So, right. Um, next up. So speaking of the, it's kind of the same vein here. Start finishing by Charlie Gilkey, how to go from idea to done. This is all about starting and finishing projects. As the title says, start finishing Charlie Gilkey. If you don't know, he's been on the show. Uh, he's the founder of productive flourishing. Essentially it's a, it's a site that helps change makers. So he identifies that as creators, leaders, and entrepreneurs start finishing the stuff that matters. And Essentially, the book takes you through a nine-step method to convert an idea into a project and then addressing the challenges you'll face getting that project on a reality-based schedule. 12-week year and start finishing, that's a pair you go buy from Amazon together. And so it lets you fly through different drag points, like identifies different drag points that are going to happen as you're working on a, a project, heat mapping your schedule. So you know when to do the right work at the right time. That's awesome. Different ways that projects routinely get stuck. And then also how to like finish strong. Not just the project ends, but you celebrate, you review it, and you even ride the momentum of having accomplished that into a new goal. And those are things I don't think people read. They talk about getting things done. They don't talk about what you do when the thing, one, they, they don't talk about actually completing the thing. But two, you talk about when it's done. Basically, when you're racing, catch the drag from the last thing you did and speed right. you up into the next thing. So, yeah, really love I thought it. it was inter interesting. You said that, you know, ways projects get stuck. You know, I don't know if there's ever been a project that I've been a part of that hasn't got stuck some way. And we don't ever talk about like getting those log jams out of the way. And I think it's important and that he, you know, that he covers that. So, yeah, very, very good book. Next one, this kind of folds into what I was just talking about with heat mapping your schedule. It's when the scientific secrets of perfect timing, Daniel Pink always does his research, always comes out with great books. This is 
basically the book is talking about how timing is everything. He's pulling from psychology, biology, economics, and it's all about when the best time of day, how to determine, because it's all, it's different for everybody. And I love those kinds of productivity books where it's like, it's not a one size fits all. It's for everybody. And it's what are the best times and best ways to build your ideal schedule for your day for you, not somebody else. Don't just say, I'm a morning, but no, that's not how it works. What's the best time of day for you to exercise? What's the best time of life to begin a, a fresh start? <laughs> this one's funny. Why you should avoid going to the hospital in the afternoon. This is really as <laughs> fascinating. Yes. Because, I, and I do now, after reading this, schedule my, when I schedule my appointments and, and especially if you're having surgery, you want to get early in the morning. We'll let you read the book to find out why. But it, yes, it's it's very fascinating book. You would think like, this is going to be a boring book. You know, I was like, oh, when? I wouldn't have probably just picked it up, but I heard him. I'm the editor for Guy Kawasaki's Remarkable People podcast, and he had Daniel Pink on. Yeah. And I think it was right on. It was either the same time. Wasn't he on your show? Yep. Probably around the same time. Yeah. And so I was like, this is great. And then I heard Eric's and I'm like, wow, I got to read this book. And it's very, very fascinating how... um this really works. And it's not just what we've talked about. There's all sorts of things and there's all sorts of great insights you can take to almost like hack your productivity schedule. We just talked about, you know, resting on the weekends and napping and all that stuff. So all that stuff is kind of covered in there. So it's, it's a really great book. Yeah, it fits right in. So you can see why I kind of want to close this section out with that one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, there is one more. I want to pull up. This one's not his, it's his newest one, but it's not his most famous one. It's Effortless by Greg McEwen. He's better known for essentialism, which essentially is (laughs) What's essential? What's the most important stuff? Well, effortless is then taking it one step further and going beyond. Once you've figured out what's essential, what's the most important stuff, then how do you take that and make it easy to do? So instead of tedious tasks that are important, you can now turn those into enjoyable rituals or set a sustainable pace instead of having to always power through at the last minute, something I have sometimes had a problem with, as Jeff knows. Making one-time choices that set it up and eliminate future decisions. So you're eliminating decision fatigue and essentially just simplifying your processes. This book's all about efficiency. One of the the key words when it comes to productivity. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this one at all. No, I haven't read this one. Yeah, it's one that I, I had a great conversation with him, gone through the book for it. It's one that I wanted to highlight again because we all need to make things easier once we've already decided what's most important. So. I'm going to jump down through here. So calm, focus, and dealing with distraction. So tranquility by Tuesday. That's a big Mm -hmm. promise. Nine ways to calm the chaos and make time for what matters. This is Laura Vanderkam. If you don't know her, she's the author of many time management books and productivity books like How to Make Time for What Matters, Off the Clock, I Know How She Does It, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, and 168 Hours. She's all about time, hacking time. And she does a lot of surveys and research with her readers and case studies in that sense. And this book is basically she's addressing how a test group of 150 people learned her rules and then lived them out over nine weeks and provided practical and insightful feedback for people. This one, the key takeaway when I talked to her about it was this one of her rules, one of the nine, it's not a nine rules, but it's nine ways. One of the ways is to be consistent with things, but that three days a week can be consistent. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. On the face of it, I'm like, no, that's not true. But as I started to think about it, I'm like, wait a second. Doing something three times in a week can be consistent or how I liked it. It was, it was almost lazy geniusing the right. Seinfeld don't break the chain rule. 
which we know Seinfeld, you know, hey, you got to write, you know, you write your jokes every single day. Don't break the chain. That's consistent. Well, what if you break the chain? Oh, I'm starting from scratch now. No. If you are starting a new thing and you want to be consistent, well, three times a week can be consistent. And you can even adjust, you can adjust that slider up or down. And I would, you know, I'd be careful not to adjust it down to one time a week. That's consistent. Depending upon what the thing is, right? You right. you adjust the slider. So that right. was my big takeaway in that conversation and in that book. There's many more takeaways from that. What do you think about that consistency thing? You know, I think, it, like you said, it depends on what it is. If you're going to say one time a week and that's when I'm going to brush my teeth, probably not the best thing. You're probably going to have some cavities at the end of the thing. But if you're, you know, you're saying I'm going to do, you know, strength training three times a week, like they're like, recommend or whatever, that makes sense. Like, and not killing like, say, oh, I've got to do it all every day for somebody who said one time, it's like, I, I'm going to work out as six days a week for the rest of my life. That's my goal. And I'm like, okay, that's great, but you're going to, you're going to screw that up. What happens when life happens, dude? Like that's, that's not realistic. That's not, not everyday yeah. life, right? Right. So, exactly. so, but having those days, like you say, you know, if you're struggling with journaling, say you're going to do it three days a week in a row. Like I'm going to do it through Monday through, you know, Thursday and start with that goal. I mean, that's, and we haven't talked about it yet, but atomic habits, that's one of the things like he talked about is getting in that system. Well, let's talk about atomic habits here because- okay. I want to, you know, kind of bring that back into Atomic Habits by um, James Clear. So the the essential, I mean, it's called Atomic because it's powerful, but also right. Atomic, the size of the atom, like tiny, tiny, tiny thing, big, powerful explosion yeah. of power. And that book is amazing. We talked about Tiago's book earlier. Atomic mm-hmm. Habits was another one of those like before and after books for a lot of people when it comes to this space. And he breaks that all down and and talks all about, you know, forming habits correctly and all that. And I think there's a lot of people who have backlash against like not just his, but like habits in general. They want something that's a little more to throw back the term again, lazy genius about it. They want something less rigid, less structured, more malleable, more flexible. And that's why, again, I love Laura's take on consistency. Right. Well, I, I, you know, for those people who do say that, my thing is like I never would have journaled a thousand unbroken streaks in a row. If I wouldn't have chained things together from learning stuff like this, I mean, you know, I, it just wouldn't have happened and because it does. It makes me stop and like, oh, I got to go do that because I can't get in my office until I do my journaling because it's tied to that that button that I press on my iPad. So, yeah, I I'm totally agree that this is a life changing book. There's, you know, before your life and then after your life. Now, I don't, have I succeeded in all my habits that I wanted to start? No, of course not. Once again, you have to give yourself grace on stuff like this, but. I am doing like I'm walking almost every day, which is huge for me because you really you have to make time, you know, and how do you do that? Well, you got to make these habits and make them stick. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those books that um, I don't think you just read it, you know, at the beginning of the year when everyone's making New Year's resolutions. But it's if you want to change your life or or improve your life or have a goal like, you know, uh, you want to do something for your business. and You have to put out this much content all the time, you know, consistently. This is a great book to read as well because it really does help with your productivity and it ties right into again if you're trying to get to that point of having habits being formed it fits right into daniel pink's when mm-hmm. and knowing what's the best time to do certain things so that you, you you reduce your friction on forming those habits as well as 12 week year fits right in there as well so these last two books kind of go hand in hand one is digital minimalism by mm-hmm. cal newport 
of the So Good They Can't Ignore You and Deep Work fame, as well as um, the other one here, which is Indistractable right. by Near Aal. How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. Digital Minimalism, sorry, is Choosing a Focused Life in a Noisy World. And then Indistractable is How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. These two kind of go hand in hand. One Now, Cal's is focusing mainly on digital, but Indistractable by Near Aal doesn't you know, forego that it's just not focusing on that specifically. And it's all about basically reverse engineering. And I'm glad we brought up atomic habits first. It reverse engineers these different triggers we have when it comes to psychology and distraction. And especially with Cal's book with digital minimalism technology and why in Cal's book, he's talking about why technology is neither good nor bad. Now there's a little bit of wiggle room there, right? So I've read both of them and, um, and it was, I'm really like, because I listened to your podcast, I think that's who inter- you introduced me to Cal Newport. And so I've been reading all his books, like with yeah. deep work and all that stuff. It's really interesting because they, they have similar philosophies, but there is some really big differences. Like I feel, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, like indistractable gave you like, you didn't feel guilty for having a smartphone. You know, uh, some yes. cows, like he doesn't even like use email very much. Like he's like, well, that's, that's like the only thing he does. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And so, and so I think it's a good balance to read both because, because I think there's good and bad for each thing. There's, there's dangers. You know, you can't just be a hermit and some of us just can't do our jobs without some form of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're both good in those ways of, of reading them and finding, you know, oh yeah, that works or, oh, I see the dangers there. I need to cut that back or whatever. But they're both just really, really good books. Both great authors. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're great, uh, did a great job of, of identifying like what the similarities and differences are between these two books. I think that, again, Nier's kind of, Nier AL's Indistractable really gives you kind of a, no, you've got to lean into the technology for its pros and then put up safeguards for its cons. And I think Cal would agree with that statement. He's the right. one that's saying, you know, technology is neither good nor bad, but he's the one that takes more of the Luddite approach to it. You know, and and uses it very minimally, and even has a follow up book about email being broken. I just thought uh, indistractable is a great way to because a lot of people, and no, I'm not saying Cal does this, but a lot of people say, well, just you gotta sh- turn off everything and like don't let them your kids have this and whatever. And he really takes it. I felt like, uh, okay, this is what's happening now. This is how we can deal with it. You know, ha- here's some step. I, I really felt like an honest approach to what was going on. I mean, I'm not saying like that's different from Cal. Cal does the same thing, but it was just very refreshing in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, to say a little more clarity on what Cal's saying, you know, it's, he's about, you know, choosing your goals, choosing your values, choosing again, your priorities, like we've talked about earlier, and then using technology for those things, but not being used by it. Whereas, you know, Nears is purely about overcoming distraction and having focus. Yeah, and I and I thought you know especially deep work was a really great book by yes. Cal about focusing and how to do it, and so they're yeah. they're just they're really really good. So that's this roundup of books. Oh, can I add my yes, one of keep my going. I, I want to do it once one. I'm right in the middle of that once again because I was editing. That's why I love to edit podcasts for people that are great podcasters like uh, Guy Kawasaki because he had him on. I think it dropped this week. It's called The Good Life. And it's actually, you're seeing articles right now about, of with it in the Atlantic. It's about the longest running uh, longitudinal study in Harvard, I believe, where they have actually passed down this study from other 
you know, instructors and it goes, it's like 80 years, 90 years, almost a hundred years following families, like what makes them successful and what makes people happy? What's the good life? And it's really, really fascinating. Spoiler alert. It comes down to relationships, um, but the way <laughs> I would guess, but, but he talks about what that means. And, you know, money does not really equal happiness. There's a certain level, like $75,000. If you can hit that, you don't see a huge, like if you keep going up a big return on more money, making you more happy. Uh, but 75,000, it seems like covers all your basic needs, which unfortunately a lot of people still do not have. That's going to be contextual based on what area you're living in and all that kind right. of stuff. But it's just really fascinating. And if you like good stories, like first of all, I was like, oh, I got it's a, it's a study. It's not going to be that exciting. But you start seeing these people and following their families and their kids and what happened, how they dealt with like a, a bad father and what that made them turn out to be. And so it's just it's a fascinating book. I'm about finished with it because I mean, it just it just dropped. But it's really, really good. So if you want to have the good life, I would check that one out as well. Yeah. And he would be a good guest, too gonna have to seek him out yeah yeah all right that is our collection this time we will definitely have to do this again uh we probably do like an annual thing and see if we can make sure to not have any crossover each time repeats yeah repeats right we can probably let a couple slide through but like just do it completely different in fact i did a five book one probably two years ago i don't know that any of these were on that list so i think we're good but anyway Jeff, I want to make sure to send people over to where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah, they should listen to Guy's show, but also your weekly show that I've been a guest on a few times. Yes, it's really great. So hopefully that you've uh, come over from Eric's show if you've uh, listened to his podcast where he's dropped some episodes. Uh, Social Media News Live is every Friday live at uh, 10 a.m. Central, but we also have a podcast. So just search out uh, wherever you're listening to this on. Uh, at or on, make sure you go just search for Social Media News Live and we do a, a great show uh, every week. Eric's been a guest a numerous times. He's hosted a couple of times. So have a lot of fun over there breaking down marketing and social media news and all sorts of stuff. So uh, it's it's a fun show. Uh, but you can find me anywhere at Jeff C. That's J-E-F-F-S-I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how you can find me. That's how my mom taught me. So yeah, I was in jeffc.com. You can find me all the stuff that I do over there, but thanks a bunch, Eric. This has been a fun, you know, I love to geek out about all this uh, yeah. book stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being part of this and, and, you know, being my partner in crime book, crime, crime, crime books, book. true crime books. I don't, I, anyway, yeah. I'm losing the thread, but, oh, and by the way, I want to make sure to mention again, there were lots of books as I curated this list that I was just like, we can only do this for so long, one episode. So you can find everything at beyondthetodolist.com slash books. That is where you will find the whole massive bookload of stuff. Again, beyondthetodolist.com slash books. Grab those books and start reading. 